0: Up. Hello A Pod of Their Own listeners, welcome back to A Pod of Their Own, I am Alison McCaig and I am joined this week like I am every week with uh, by my lovely co-hosts, wow, already can't talk, good, uh, Linda Cirovich, Cute. Hi Linda hey allison and maggie wigan hi maggie hi allison so um we, this is episode 40 of a pot of their own by the way in case you were wondering uh nice even number um for our Mets segment this week um we're really just spring training storylines we're kind of in the like dregs of spring training now where like the games are kind of on autopilot there's like not a whole lot going on um the major news today is that um michael conforto has been diagnosed with an oblique strain uh after you know Ooh. Ooh. yeah, it's very, bad.
1: it's
0: very bad opening day I'm right
1: bo- here. i'm not going you allison i'm going I'm no. the the world i
2: guess but not you. you would be booing Tim Tebow because he's going to be the opening day right fielder.
1: Yeah. Oh right. my God. Why would you put that out in the universe? But the uncle, have you seen their depth? I've already Didn't tweeted they already it. Cut so. Tebow? <laughs> they did cut
2: Tebow. Well, he's back in minor league camp. It's yeah. true.
0: They did cut Tebow. Um, but yeah, might be back. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so Conforto tweaked his side in a game on Saturday. Um, Brody Van Wagen never said exactly like what play it was on, but I'm guessing it was the play where he tried to rob Emilio Bonifacio of a home run. He like leapt over the, he like jumped, tried to jump over the wall, uh, was unsuccessful in making the catch and seemed to hurt himself. Um, he was removed. He wasn't removed for that game from that game immediately, but he was removed from that game in the sixth inning and hadn't played since. And then today, and he was being sent back to New York for evaluation and we learned today that staying has- in the
1: game for a couple more for a couple more innings just to really ensure you are truly injured is very on brand for the Mets. Yes, they are the Mets. coming yes. out of the gate, just ready and raring for a classic Mets season.
0: Yep. So, yeah. So he's been diagnosed with an oblique strain, which is pretty bad. Um, obliques are tricky and can keep you out for quite a while. Um The most notable example I can think of in a Mets context is actually Carlos Beltran had an oblique injury during his time on the Mets that kept him out for quite some time. Uh, So if, I mean, obviously, like, times sidelined with these sorts of strains can vary uh, wildly, but... um, if he's out for any sort of length of time, opening day currently seems pretty damn unlikely. Um, and if he's out for any sort of time, that's bad news for the Mets outfield, which, as we alluded to, is pretty thin as far as its depth. Uh, get ready for a lot of Jake Marisnik, folks. It's going to be good time.
1: Oh, drat. I'm going to have to update my Jake Bernstein season preview, aren't I? That's <laughs>
0: Perhaps uh, a I have
1: It was such a joy to write in the first place. I'm so excited to go back and add some bad news.
2: I haven't done Cespedes yet because I'm waiting on if he does anything. But it doesn't seem like he's anywhere close either.
0: Yeah. So, but we might.
1: You know, we we might get the defense is good. You know, not what you want, but some Dom Smith in the outfield. I wouldn't turn. You know, I wouldn't turn that down. I like Dom Smith. I want him to. Get some at bats early and get into a rhythm.
0: Oof! Can you imagine but, yeah. an outfield of like <laughs> Nimo in center and JD Davis and Dom Smith on the corners? That is oh. we're not
1: going to have to imagine it. That because is going
0: to happen. Rough. I'm sorry. I mean, like, I it, mean, I love them, but offensively, it, it's oof. fine. But <laughs> defensively, I mean, that's that's, rough.
1: that's what we call the Marcus Stroman alignment. Yeah like uh, don't go anywhere near it unless you have a ground ball rate of over 46%.
0: Yeah, seriously. Seriously. Oh man. Yeah, any any fly ball, any fly ball pitchers. Luckily the Mets don't really have fly ball pitchers on their staff heavily. Although Noah Syndergaard has kind of turned into one. Uh, his strikeout Noah Syndergaard's strikeout rate should be much higher than it is. Um but, you know, luckily, the Mets don't have a lot of flyball pitchers, a la Bartolo Cologne, like they used to have uh, Jason Vargas. Um but if they if they did, we'd be seeing a lot of Jake Marisnik, That's for sure. He at least is good yeah. defensively. That's his one chop that he does bring to the table. So
1: uh, it's bad. They do the alignment but as, I say, as I said in the preview, good, not great. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Maybe Ahmed could, like, play halfway between the infield and the outfield. <laughs> I,
1: I realize this may be my least popular opinion of many unpopular opinions I hold, but I don't, in by nature, hate the idea of letting Rosario have a little time. Not playing time, not during games at this point, but, like, having him eventually see time in the outfield. Because I think, I don't know, I mean, I think he has hasn't yet really gotten comfortable at short and like that could be worth just seeing but again like now is not the time it's too late but I still think they should try it at some point
0: no yeah especially
2: since Jimenez they, they they've been raving about his defense so if you know he turns into something he could be your shortstop of the future and then Ahmed could be your center fielder
0: yeah, I mean I exactly. I don't hate that idea either necessarily, but you have to have something coming down the pike at shortstop, otherwise it's just like instead of a lot of Jake Marisnik, you're just getting a lot of Luis Guillorme. Yeah. Which but is like, not exactly it's again kind of the same idea.
2: <laughs> if the Mets are stacked anywhere, it's shortstop. They have Ronnie Mauricio. They have Newton. They have
1: Ahmed. But Adol- that's so far down the yes. line. A while away. I know. I know. That's the catch. Yeah. yeah I don't even know, I don't know. Like Jimenez doesn't even seem particularly close at this point.
0: Yeah. Cano's
2: been raving really about him, so I don't know. He
0: had been. He had been on the fast track, and then, like last season, his prospect yeah, he got took bad. a big cliff dive because he like changed his swing and it looked bad but then like in the fall league and this spring training he's looked really good so like i don't know maybe he's back now but like he needs some time to sort of get back to even where he was
2: yeah Yeah,
1: that prospect shine
2: yeah he took a tumble down the prospect
1: rankings last year but But he's young he's got time it just means that like he's not a current current factor really
0: correct yeah I would say that the earliest absolute earliest he's a factor would be like a September call-up this season but even then like September call-ups are obviously a much like more treasured commodity now because mm-hmm. they changed the rules this year. So you can only expand rosters by a little bit. So it's not like they yeah. can just throw him a bone if he's not performing and say, yeah, we'll take a look at this guy, especially if they, I mean, they can do that if they're not in a race in September, but we hope that they are. So, um, if well, and the, the thing case, is also like,
1: if they are, um, any, I feel like anything he could do that would be good enough for them to want to um, bring him up for September would also be good enough to make them want to get the extra year of control going into next year. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. that. if he had that good a season, like a let's bring him up maybe kind of season, then I think that would start to be a factor. But you know, that should be our biggest problem. Yeah. 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 Well, and-
2: the only other thing I can kind of see, but I, this is clearly a pipe dream, is if Jed Lowry were alive and he could play, <gasps> <laughs> he could maybe play third and you'd make, move McNeil back to the outfield, but I don't think yeah. that's an option either.
0: Would be nice if we even had a timetable on Jed Lowry, but alas, we do not, and we never have had a timetable on Jed Lowry. <laughs> that is just a thing that has never existed.
2: Like it was like a mild like tweak or something last year, and he was never and seen. He was or never heard seen again.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, as of right now, he's still in that giant brace, and they were working on like getting him into a smaller brace, which is like or like cool. a flexible brace. Yeah, like Jesus Christ, it's just it's. But does not weirdest... that defeat be the
1: point of a brace? I
0: don't.
1: It know. is the weirdest thing. Yeah.
2: it just like
1: abs even like in the universe of Mets injuries Mets who you know lost a young player's career permanently to valley fever of all things this somehow still manages to rank on their weirdest injury situations list and that I think is a lot
0: yeah yeah real but as things stand I think I mean obviously this is a this is a huge hit uh, especially considering the outfield depth is so thin. I think that optimally um, I would actually play J.D. Davis at third base at this point. And I know that I was yeah. a staunch advocate for Davis in the outfield rather than at third. But at this point, yeah. if you're going to have also Dominic Smith out there, potentially, or even like Matt Adams, like you need, I don't know, oh, i, I need so just- gosh. You need to spread that out a bit, in my view. And JD has shown improvement. I think that's totally right. JD has shown improvement at third base this spring. I've seen. I haven't watched too many of the games. Full disclosure, but I've heard people say that who have watched the games that he's shown improvement. And the very few innings I have watched, I've seen it. Um, His throwing has improved. He looks a little better. I don't think you can ever really improve that range, or you can only improve it to a certain extent. But his throwing's a lot better.
1: Range is something Rosario does have going for him. Even when sure. he's struggling on, on defense, it's not it's not a range problem. So if you're going to have a range issue anywhere on that infield, that's the spot to do it. And, and I, I mean, of GD, course, they have a range problem everywhere else everywhere on the everywhere else. now that I'm thinking of it.
2: <laughs> well, I think TD said he mostly focused on third base in the offseason. So it seems like he worked really hard on it.
0: Yeah, so if it were up to me with the optimal like sans Michael Conforto alignment, I would move McNeil back to the outfield and play Jamie Davis at third base at this point. McNeil wasn't bad. He was serviceable out there. He He
1: seemed very natural out there. It was a really like he it's that like athleticism thing where it's just like you can move around really well. He gets a good read on the ball. Like it just it just clicked for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: so he's he just. I think you could put
1: McNeil anywhere and he would be fine. Yeah, he's yeah, just seriously. a ball player.
0: Yeah, he is. He's just. He's a gonna ball be
1: player. like forty years old playing first base and just killing it every night. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that'd be cool. I'd like to see. That we're,
1: it. Okay.
2: But then where's Pete in that scenario?
1: Uh, if McNeil is forty years old, then that would make Pete like probably retired with his with his billions. Okay, and a nice girl in Florida. It's all coming together. The... And
0: hopefully
1: a championship.
0: Yeah, that Yes, be nice. of course. A ring for DH every DH with the new National League DH. There we go. Yeah, Boom. I know.
1: I game. hate to see it, but it's going to happen, so I'd like it to happen while the Mets have a good player
0: for it. Which they yeah, seemingly sort of always of do, feeling. because they suck absolute okay. ass at roster construction, as we, as they we have can 20 now 20. see. So, um... Yeah. So yeah, Yassiel Puig. Yeah. Yassiel Puig's still floating out there at Mets, sign Yassiel Puig. Would be would be good. Seems pretty seems like a pretty ideal fit for when your right fielder just got hurt and it's a borderline miracle that there's like a competent baseball player still available in free agency. And there is one. His name is probably Puig.
1: sign a one a one year deal if you make it good enough.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Just chuck like one year and eight million at him. Eight to ten million he'd
1: take that yeah
0: just do it i love weeks just do like, it he's better than your ryan cordell quote.
1: or yes. i
2: don't even know who else they have cordell who's the other one i feel like there's another one i'm missing uh, like and I say,
1: at least once a week i see the name ryan cordell and i have literally no idea who it is every and <laughs> and i remind myself eventually but it ha- this is every single week i'm like who the hell is Ryan Cortell? Oh, non-roster. God, yes. and nobody invite. the Mets signed. Jesus Christ. It was definitely yeah, another non-roster invite,
2: and I can't remember who it is. And it's gonna drive me crazy. Well, there's Max I think he's off, he's but he's a
1: shortstop. Do you know. Yeah, it's obviously it's clear how how memorable all of these folks are. Look, um, I was
2: sick last week
0: and watched a lot of bad baseball. <laughs> there's that guy, Fargus, is an outfielder He who oh, hit for the he... cycle. He's a non-roster <laughs> invite. Wasn't it Fargus? Fargus? Oh, it his Fargus. name is literally Fargus. I made a joke in the first um, King of Spring Training post that he, because uh, his first name begins with J, too. Oh, my God, can I hope to even pronounce it.
2: Janeshwi,
0: J- I think. Janeshwi Fargus? uh I, yeah i think it's janeshwi i apologize that is to a name janeshwi Vargas if i have butchered the pronunciation of your name however i made a joke in the uh, first king of spring training post uh that he is actually jason vargas and a false mustache
1: <laughs> that seems i mean there are definitely home runs involved either way i guess
0: yeah so yeah, he hit for the cycle, so he's an outfielder and he's a non roster invite who's actually like Oh, so maybe he's the one that I was thinking of. A veteran you know, player.
2: J- JD Davis said he's been very impressive so far. Yeah. So I trust JD's opinion completely.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um so <laughs> this conforto injury while bad um it it like it felt like the other shoe dropping cuz it broke a string of like pretty good luck the mets had been like pretty much 100% healthy up until this point like we had the lugo broken pinky toe and the jd davis jammed shoulder but both of those players are back now so like the mets had been at 100 health basically and then this happened so
2: and this is why everybody shouldn't have been laughing at the yankees because this is karma
0: oh yeah people are always like lol look at the yankees are falling apart me. yeah That's like
2: funny. oh they misdiagnosed the judge don't
0: laugh Mets are in no position. No position. To yeah, and everybody was laughing winters. like, Are you sure
2: this isn't the Mets handling this? Like, okay, Look, the ha Mets ha ha ha. are gonna
0: be a mess no
1: matter what. We can we should laugh where we can. The world gives us so few like humorous moments. It's well, hard cool. out there for a Mets fan.
2: Can we talk about them on the mic, mic'd up? up? that was that oh, was yes. a delight. Yes. That was
1: amazing. <laughs> a
0: pure delight. And I, I know I'm biased, but that was a delight. That was complete. That was, like, I, I said this at the time, but, like, attention, Rob Manfred. This will do more to grow your sport than any three batter minimum whatever you do. Yeah.
2: Like, Mike, I'm, I'm sure Dominic players. Smith got a whole bunch of followers that day.
0: Like, Mic up the players. Like the entire Queen's Cookie Club was out here yeah. entertaining the masses. It was fantastic. Dominic Smith's mic stopped or earpiece stopped working, so he couldn't hear anything. So he was just interjecting randomly as they were talking. <laughs> was, I can't hear anything. It was so what are uh, is things? quality I wish I content? <laughs> it was highly quality content. And then um, Eduardo Nunez, who's gonna make the team, by the way, folks. Oh, he was definitely. Yeah, no. He was always going to make the team, but now he's definitely making the team. Um, and probably playing a lot of third base, actually. Um, but, yeah, so Eduardo Nunez hit a triple, and they were all just, like, screaming.
1: <laughs> You're like, Nunez, go! Go, go, go! Send him, send him, send him. <laughs> it
0: was so good. It was so good. All of it was so good. When when Dominic Smith made fun of Jeff McNeil about, like, how skinny he is, oh, it was yeah, amazing.
2: I, I went, oh, and then... JD also made fun of Dominic Smith for how skinny he is because he was like, if he had lost all the weight, you would have hit a home run. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, and then making fun of Jeff McNeil, like, um, es- eschewing the squirrel nickname, then being like, oh, my yes. name's Jeff. All right, call my me Jeff. Jeff. I'm Jeff. <laughs> Amazing.
2: You were so good. I was so happy. Like, I was so sick, so I was home watching it and i was just i had like tears streaming down my face it like it, it was just amazing to watch in real time
0: <laughs> and or we can't forget that mlb to- yep take notes mlb
1: Mm-hmm. Also, if
0: they end up, and we'll get to this in the second half of the show in greater detail, um, but if they put, if they end up playing the games without fans, I saw a tweet, and I forget who tweeted it, and I deeply apologize. And if if we share the tweet letter later, I'll give you proper credit for it. But I saw a tweet that was like MLB.TV TV should be free and no blackouts. Yeah, yeah, That's a good point. Yep, they should do that. Uh, Will they? No. no, absolutely not. But you know. Things like this, like allowing your players to show their personalities more. Like this is the type of thing that like MLB should be doing and should be promoting. So, I mean, props to ESPN for doing it and do it more often. It's a lot of fun. It was. it just seems attractive. like it worked out well for
2: every team, not just the Mets, like Freddie Freeman. Goddamn Freddie Freeman. Why is he so likable? Oh, like he's the best. I know Ugh. it's so unfair. <laughs> he's like Chipper Jones, but likable rude. Yeah. It's very rude. And I wish like he could just take a seat for a minute and stop being likable for two minutes, but that, that seems to be out of his realm of possibilities. Yeah. But he was
0: fun. The classic um, um, mic'd up I think they even mic'd up Ploiecki,
2: too. <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> and of course, he didn't throw a runner out. <laughs> he
0: didn't talk about dildos on the air. Uh, no,
1: the I cum- believe his... His line is still that that was not his. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that is still
0: he, his. He's
2: very in that camp that it was not his. Mhm. Okay,
1: bud, whatever you say.
0: Um the the <laughs> whenever I think of miked up ball players, I think about when Mookie Betts was miked up that one time and oh, the yes! ball went over his head and he was like not catching I'm this not one, guys. One. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Love to see it. catching this one fellas. <laughs> <laughs> amazing oh and
2: pete also said something during the all-star game too i uh, oh, forget what he crap. said
0: yes what do you say oh, he got like remember. really
2: excited oh because he thought he was like no nah, i didn't get him and then he watched
0: the replay and he goes oh
2: damn i got him
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect amazing
2: i feel like you're seeing them like you're getting an inside look at like like, they're out there, like, talking to each other and stuff. Like, you don't pick, like, you know they do it. But just to see them and to, like, pick up, like, even just the other, like, extra layer of, like, nuances during the game of, like, you know, p- positioning. And, you know, um, McNeil had to figure out what base to throw to. And so he had to be ready and be like, oh, no, on this play, I'm throwing the third. So it also kind of just put you in there, like, You know, besides the entertainment factor, it kind of put you in their thought process and what they're thinking is while they're they're out there, they're they're not just chilling doing nothing. Like there's there's stuff turning in the in the brain while they're waiting for the pitch to be thrown.
0: Yeah, and um, they were jabbing at Dominic Smith for him like having his cheat sheet on his hat, and then they were, and then he was like, J D Davis got a cheat sheet if you know what I mean. And I was like, Oh my god, you said that on (laughs) the.
1: I hope, they are, I hope they are in a friendly manner, never letting him live that down. Probably not. <laughs> I hope that it's right. like it's there like congratulating him on his like 15 years in the MLB. Like, congratulations on your retirement. Hey, remember when you cheated? <laughs> there was an
2: article saying that they do. Like the whole offseason they were like texting him like trash cans and like gifts and <laughs> That is so like, they, the
1: they
0: I love it. Yeah, just imagining JD Davis's messages like flooded with trash can emojis is like. because <laughs> well, really it
2: was an article about Dom, and he said JD was um, honest with them about it. So he said, you know, we were kind of pretty forgiving pretty quickly about it, but we're not going to let him live it down. <laughs> yeah, of course not. You can't.
0: Um <laughs> So I guess other um, spring training uh, storylines on the pitching side, since we talked a little bit about the position player side, um, in addition to Lugo being back, uh, there are a couple other pitching storylines still outstanding. Uh, Dylan Batanzas made his spring debut finally, so he had been a little bit behind schedule because he's still like recovering from his entry from last year. Um, it didn't go too well. <laughs> he actually got clobbered, um, but I'm not... It's early! It's early! Yeah, I'm not like super freaking out about it, obviously. It's literally his first spring training st- <laughs> uh, uh, appearance, so... Uh, We'll see what happens there. Uh, Just trying to, all they're doing is just trying to get him ready. Uh, He said he felt good, so that's the important. And apparently he's looked pretty bad in spring training in the past and been, like, fine during the regular season. So Uh, so not worried yet. Um, But the starting pitching, uh, obviously we've had pretty good health, luck, knock on wood. My desk is wood, so I'm knocking on it. Um, pretty good health to the starting pitching side, which means there's still, like, a, a, an active competition going on for the fifth starter slot, um, which they're primarily saying is between Mats and Waka. But both of those pitchers are pitching extremely well this spring, which is making the choice difficult for the Mets. Um, they keep saying, they keep making noises about using, like, an opener. Damn like,
2: good the other day.
0: Yeah, potentially, like, using, like, an opener and maybe using Seth Lugo as an opener. But, of course, like, Matt's and Lugo and Walker are all like, nah, we don't like
2: that. Yeah, Lugo was like dead set against it. Yeah,
0: Lugo was like, I'm old school. And I was like, buddy, you you kind of just got to do what they tell you. I hate to break it to you. I know it's unfair. Lugo and you really wants to, be a starter. to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really wants to start. just unhappy in general. Yeah, he's kind of cranky, but... <laughs> You know we love Lugo I love him anyway it's fine um <laughs> so yeah who knows what'll happen there um we may end up with a uh, relief ace Stephen Matz very reluctant relief ace Stephen Matz <laughs> Seth Lugo and uh, Stephen Matz can be cranky in the bullpen together <laughs> a
1: good a good rule a good like guideline in life is just try to find something you love as much as the Mets love trying to put Steven and Matz in the bullpen Seriously? every single year <laughs> since the beginning of time so good. and he's I fine and he's a lefty and he's like 28 or whatever he's like every other team on the planet must be just wondering like what is wrong with these guys like he's not he's not you know Clayton Kershaw but he doesn't have to be and he's perfectly fine just like, and mostly today, like, I forgot where I saw
2: it, but Porcello's mostly been getting lucky. Like, he's been giving up a lot of hits, just not any runs. So, it's not like Porcello's been absolutely lights out where he deserves a, an automatic spot in the rotation. Yes, but
0: he makes for- $10 million,
2: therefore. Mm. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's a great match And tool. former
0: Cy Young. For-
2: Yeah, former Cy Young, Rick Porcello, probably gives him a leg up on everybody, too. Um, Well,
1: and of course, like, um, in true to the Mets' form, they seem to have promised Michael Waka that he would be in the rotation. (laughs) Or maybe, like, he seems quite certain that they said very clearly that he was going to be a starter, which I don't think that they mean it. But, like, Come on, Jesus Christ, Mitz. How many Devin Masarocco corpses are you going to leave in your path? <laughs> as many
2: as necessary. <laughs> oh, yeah. So oh, so, oh, Allison, we haven't mentioned Bird- Birdland yet.
0: Oh, we have not. Your That's man? True. That's true, my man. He's,
2: he's been really good. He, Brad I, I'm looking excited about him.
0: Yeah, I know. I think he'll be good. I mean, like, I'm not saying he's going to be like, you know, the next coming of Mariano Rivera or anything like that, but he's like, he could be solid, like a solid middle reliever for them. And I, I wrote this. So I wrote the Brad Brock season preview because of course I did, because I need to maintain the brand at all times. Um, (laughs) and I wrote that basically like the, the function of Brad Brock is to make sure that dudes like, Jacob Raym and Daniel Zamora and Tyler Bachelor are not pitching, and that's good. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) if he that makes a lot of sense. Um, And I mean, if he just reproduces his Mets second half of 2019, obviously he was horrific with the Cubs but he mainly, it was a lot of walks that did him in the Mets thought that he was tipping his pitches a little bit too. And so they fixed that and they seem to get his control under control, so to speak. Um, (laughs) And he's messing around with a new cutter. That seems to be a very effective pitch. Well, he had the cutter before, but he wasn't really throwing it. And it was kind of an experimental pitch. Um, And he felt like when he was struggling with the Cubs, that he wasn't really in the position to be messing with the pitch, but the Mets really liked that pitch and thought it had potential few times he did throw it, it was effective. And he's honed it more, and it seems to be working out for him. So, you know, I think if he can just reproduce his uh, Mets numbers again over the course of a full season, which, like, I would take that in a New York minute. It's like a 3.680 ERA, something like that. That's, that's Oh, hell yeah. Fine. That's beautiful. I'll take that from Brad Brock all day. And Justin Wilson looks really good this spring. So, like, yes, he does. obviously where there might be some – you know, healthy skepticism when it comes to the likes of Edwin Diaz, Jerry's Familia, Dylan Batanzas being healthy. Like, those are question marks, and it's not great, but I do at least feel good about Justin Wilson and Brad Brock, so.
2: And I feel like they don't have awful splits, so I don't think the three batter minimum is going to hurt them too, too much, (laughs) knocking on wood as I say that. Justin Wilson Um, definitely definitely
1: seems. Yeah, they seem better, better positioned than they would have been a couple years ago, for sure. Yeah, yes, with bullpen, Right, but I, 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 I think it's, I hesitate to say anything about the bullpen as a strength, but I think that is a strength of theirs, just not being super dependent on specific relievers in that way.
2: Yeah, And even Gazelman's looked really good.
0: Yeah. I really hope I just like the thing about Gazelman is I'm nervous because this is the freaking Mets. I'm nervous that they're going to, option gizelman and keep somebody like fucking walk walker lockett on the roster because he's out of options and gizelman has an option left and the mets are so are you kidding i'm just saying i'm like i don't know if they're gonna do it i have no like i've heard nothing of the sort but i it's just the type of shit they would do and it makes me nervous and they keep pumping like walker lockett pitched like whatever it was like three scoreless innings the other day and the Mets yeah, yeah. keep like hyping that up. And I'm like, Oh my God, please. No, please, please stop telling if, us Walker lock. is good.
2: It's stop
1: making Walker happen. If he, it's not going to happen.
0: Protects us, if anything
1: protects us from that, it's going to be the fact that they think he can start, which is even worse. I mean, I yeah. do think having the, having the option on, um, like I just, Grab his name. Xelman. Whew. Um, Spring training for me too, folks. Um, I think it's, it's nice to have that because A, if they are getting really good performance out of other people who actually deserve to be there and then maybe they have some injury in the rotation and he might spend a little time in AAA like getting stretched out or something to potentially fill that role. I just, it's... It's good to have because the Mets find themselves very frequently, I feel like, having to cut these guys rather than being able to send them down because they haven't managed the roster well and they end up losing out on players who are kind of borderline. But like, you still need to keep some of those around.
2: Yeah, like they're important pieces. You need you need guys like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And David Peterson has also apparently been looking good so far. I haven't seen him. Um, but so far from everything I've heard that he looks decent. So mm, I don't know if, if we're going to see him.
1: Thing the Mets have to like a, a guy with upside. Yeah. yeah. Really?
0: Um, <laughs> although Peterson, I mean, like obviously, and this, this was always coming. Um, and isn't any indication of how the Mets feel about him as a prospect in the future. But Peterson was among the cuts um the first round of cuts that the Mets made. I have the list of it here. So Peterson was cut along with Andres Jimenez um, and uh, Thomas the and Jordan Humphries, Franklin Kilome, who's still kind of, kind of sort of recovering from Tommy John as is uh drew Smith who we have like literally not seen at all. I don't know like what's up with drew Smith. He seems to be like, no, not here like i don't know he's
2: been there but i don't know if he's pitched like i've definitely seen him in camp but i don't know why he no
0: that i know of um so that's i mean a lot of these
1: guys at least it makes sense like they're absolutely starting the season in triple a like get let them get to the camp where they're gonna see a lot more at bats where they can you know work on more stuff instead of just sort of sitting around and taking you know taking a couple swings every game while yeah. the major leaguers uh, are actually seeing all the playing time and getting all the attention.
0: Right. And yeah. of course the major league players have to start like amping up their like they can't like come out after the fifth inning every day. They have to start like getting ready to play full length games and stuff. So um so yeah, and oh, remaining cuts Matt Blackham, Steven Nogasek Nick Rumbelow, uh, Francisco Rios, uh, Austin Bossert, Dave Rodriguez, and Tim Tebow, as we mentioned.
1: Um, not Tebow. No. Oh, no,
0: our prospect depth. <laughs> um. So. So yeah. Uh. Spring training chugging right along. Um. The Conforto news is bad. Um. But everything else seems okay for now. <laughs> we'll see. Um. For now. For now. Um, I'm just really looking forward to the season. A little bit more than two, a little over two weeks. Seems seems good. Yeah. Who knows if we'll yeah. be fans. Of I'll the take games, it. But um, or if the season will actually start on time, MLB is insisting it yeah. will. But uh, but yeah, uh, I guess that provides the perfect transition into our baseball segment, uh, which we will uh, talk about. Um, coronavirus, um and uh, its impact on baseball. So stay tuned for that. And we are back. um, so, we um, we alluded to the fact that uh, the season may start without fans, um, and that's because, obviously, uh, most of our listenership is probably aware um, of the outbreak of coronavirus uh, that is rapidly reaching um, pandemic levels around the world, um, and it has now hit the U.S., and number of cases is slowly rising. Um baseball leagues in other countries namely japan and south korea um that were particularly hit hard um by the coronavirus have already taken measures uh to you know limit the spread of the virus by limiting you know crowds so they played uh in japan they played the rest of their spring training without um any fans um and the korean baseball league i believe pushed its season back yeah um pushed its opening day back um and sports uh obviously baseball isn't as big in italy as um as it is in japan or korea but in italy all the soccer games which obviously soccer is a big sport in italy um all the soccer games are currently being played without fans so this is beginning to seriously impact professional sports um so far, the only measure that Major League Baseball has taken has been to limit locker room access uh, to the media. Um, they have not yet indicated the media. Uh, the The league has said that the the um, season will start on time, and as as far as they're concerned, right now there are going to be fans at the games, which I saw a lot of. Mm, Complaining on the part of the baseball media about their lack of access, which I mean, I get it, especially when they're not doing the same thing for the for the fans uh, when they're not like, you know, closing the stadiums to fans. But I think they should just do both (laughs) at this point.
2: Like this just feels like they're doing something just to do something because they didn't do it until the NHL was the first one to do it. And, um, like, I don't think anybody else was talking about it until the NHL said, nope. So, like, everybody just showed up one day and they're like, no, you can't go into the locker room anymore. (laughs) Like, it was literally that day. And then, um, and then all of a sudden, then, then, like, everybody, like, did it the next day. So I feel like they're like, well, they're doing something. So now we have to do something. And this is the only thing we can think of. So it just seemed like a half-baked, half-measure.
1: That Doesn't I mean, it's really it seemingly like, they, they frame it to be kind of about the general, like, public health. Yeah. And it's, the thing is, like, is a very partial measure that will kind of protect the players. And yeah. that, you know, to be fair to MLB, that is their, that is their priority. Their I mean, should it be? Probably not. But, like, that's where they're where they're looking first and like it's it's a it's a free solution to that i mean not solution but it's like it doesn't cost them anything to do except you know goodwill from the media which and i i get it like i get the media feeling like well this is just a partial measure and it hurts us more than it hurts anyone else and that's fair but also like it should be one of many partial measures because there's probably no full measure coming. Like they're not going to be canceling the season. I knock up. Oh, here's something. It's wood. there we go. Knock on wood. Like (laughs) it doesn't seem like it would be very likely. We hope it's not likely, but my, but yeah, I guess the, the thing is, the media and whoever else is impacted by little movements like this needs to kind of just suck it up because there's going to be a lot of those trying to prevent the big, the big things from happening. But I also point out that like the teams are taking measures to protect their employees, the players, they're not taking measures to protect the employees, the vendors, the ticket takers, the security guys, like, It's only it's only the big names that are that are getting the six feet away kind of treatment, which
2: and the players are still traveling. They're still you know the 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 players aren't under like quarantine in their in their clubhouses. So I don't know what blocking them from a twenty people at most is really doing
0: like they do do well the players have private travel so like that yeah. you know it's but not like they're going to airport, airports and, they're
2: yeah. still i don't know like it just unlike we said they're not protecting the vendors and like right now um the the flyers and the blue jackets cuz their cities recommended that you don't go to like outings of more than, I think the Philadelphia was 5,000 and in Columbus it was 1,000. And um, so, so we can they, all go
1: to raise games is what you're yes. saying.
2: <laughs> but they were saying, um, if you feel sick, stay home and they're like, um, just use common sense where, you know, we've taken measures to keep the arena clean, but you're still inviting people to go. Like, To get to a game i have to take the train so i could be exposed in the train when normally i wouldn't or i could be a carrier and wouldn't know it and i'm exposing people at the arena or i'm exposing people on the train or i'm exposing people walking down the street like you're still even if you feel perfectly fine you could still be exposing people so just saying um You know, we recommend that you don't come. What is what 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 measure is that like? How is that helping anything?
0: Right, and like, it's um, it they've been public health experts have been saying that it takes on average with this particular virus um, and we're still learning oh that's the other thing is like yeah we're still learning a lot about this virus it's new obviously that's why they keep calling it the novel coronavirus and why there's no vaccine against it etc cetera, etc cetera. so like we're learning things all the time and just because these numbers change doesn't mean that scientists don't know what they're doing it means that they're learning new things um, but right now as of what as of now what we know about this virus is that it takes on average about five days for symptoms to show up between when you are infected and when you show symptoms, if you show symptoms at all, some people don't show any. Oh. Um, so it's not about, like, I think that oh, there's a lot of young people who, like, are like, oh, you know, like, I'm young and healthy, I'm so I'm not worried about it. It's not about you, it's about other people who are, it's about the 82 year old man who bought the ticket next to you, um, who you may be, and infecting. also now you're just
2: giving teams free passes to. Discriminate against the disabled the elderly the like the like they even said oh if you're immunocompromised you know don't come basically and it's like well how is that okay like just because you know they have to take extra precautions now they're no longer welcome in
1: your arena like this i mean i i do hate to say it though, but honestly linda that's that's tr- like anyone who's you know, compromise should should not be in an arena right now like well, that's no, the, but it, i know it feels very like discriminatory but like from a public health perspective it's the kind of thing that you just it it's icky but it's important because because just it's one of the only ways we're also i mean it's not even just about like keeping yourself healthy and keeping from like transmitting to other people we're also looking at like overwhelming medical resources happening yeah. soon like it's not happening now, but it's if you look at kind of what's going on in in Italy, that is the next step. So you're just talking about like staying home where there are fewer accidents, where there are fewer other like it's still hello flu season is still happening. Like <laughs> yeah, as I can attest. <laughs> so it's I mean it's just such a complicated like Linda was saying, uh, um, Allison was saying like ever changing situation right now that that's why you kind of have to do all the little things and you know groups like the media kind of need to just back up on this and also do all of the little things because that's kind of all we have.
2: Yeah. Also I I mean I've no proof of this, but it also feels like these sports are kind of testing like before they make like a big move of canceling games or saying, you know, keeping the fans home like trying little things first and seeing if it helps or seeing what the response is before taking the more drastic measures. That's just yeah, you know yeah. my feeling on it. I don't know if it's
1: right or not, but I, mean, I can, like- I mean, baseball is lucky in a lot of ways that their season is in the position it is because they yeah. can kind of look around at what other sports are doing. And also, reflect the most up-to-date knowledge that we have about you know outbreaks and transmission to kind of make a more informed choice other you know hockey's flying blind yeah yeah
2: sure. uh, the, so the only people that i know right now um are the sharks because uh, i forget what it's like the santa clara um county like absolutely forbade any public gathering so the sharks will not be playing in front of fans so that's the only people that i know of right now that have been you know have that um affect them because no other team has followed suit right now they've just had their recommendations of if you're sick don't come in or don't don't go
0: right and i think that maggie mentioned italy And I think that Italy and South Korea provide two, like, kind of polar opposite case examples of how this is going down and how it might go down here if we don't, if we don't act, because... I like I think that I, I tweeted this but I think that what is difficult for people to understand is the concept of exponential growth when it comes to outbreaks like this cuz you'll see the numbers and they seem really small in the beginning and they don't seem like they're growing that fast but that's when like it's doubling every day and if you just take the doubling of the doubling of the doubling of the doubling it becomes really big really fast and that's what happened in and Italy. we don't
1: even have and we don't have a baseline for the U.S. yet. We're not. No. The increases that we're seeing, some of that is the spread of the disease, but most of it is just finding people who've been sick for a while.
0: Just and those numbers can
1: increase people. even faster. Like, it's. Yeah. <laughs> Test everybody, please. It's just but yeah, so, <laughs> Like, as you,
0: Italy was. Um, and I'm not, like. I'm not blaming the country or saying that their government handled it poorly necessarily but they, they were woefully unprepared when it came to testing response when it came to monitoring the disease um, as opposed to South Korea who intervened very early when there were very few confirmed cases and even fewer confirmed deaths there were only like nine deaths in Korea by the time they were already like massively testing everyone and monitoring everyone and they were able to kind of curb the spread of the disease pretty early and now you're starting to see the number of new cases actually decrease every day as opposed to increase every day like it is been has been doing in the United States for some time Um, and yeah part of it like Maggie said is just that we're testing more people and so we're finding more cases because we're testing more people but the U.S. still really really does not have the capacity to test As much as they should be testing, I know for a fact. Full disclosure, I work for a health department. Um, I don't know how much I'm able to share on air. I can't really share too much of like what's going on in that capacity. Um, But I know for a fact that, and it's not the fault of the state government. But I know for a fact that states are woefully underprepared for the amount of testing they have to do. And part of that is the federal government responding to this the way that they have responded. not going to make this a politics podcast right now, but you know, saying it's no big deal and bailing out oil companies is not the correct response. But um. a
1: payroll tax, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> payroll, the the median American will get 10 extra dollars a week. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Topic- but I will say, you know what? It's a political issue. Yes. This is not like politicizing. A public health disaster. That is a a de facto political event. Like, there's nothing like you can't politicize it because by its mere existence, it is political. But and also, kind sorry, of like... I'm I work at a school of public health, so so I am I am angry. Yeah, <laughs> like and, and very busy piggyback... and very busy. We're so tired, you guys. <laughs>
2: oh, I'm sure. But to like piggyback off of that a little bit, like. The stick-to-sports people, um, as you can see, sports are life. Like, this is yep. happening to all of us. You can't, you can't separate sports from life, as we're seeing. And now the stick-to-sports people are pretty like, well, now I'm not going to be able to go to a game. Like, now that they're inconvenienced, now it's like, Ugh. But, you know, this is how a lot of people feel all the time when you scream stick to sports no you can't separate sports from life you can't separate sports from the coronavirus you can't separate sports from racism you can't separate sports from sexism because it's all part of life and and i think i, I hope people's eyes are open to this more that you know it it it, they bring, they can bring us together. They can, we're, you know, we're all going through this together. We're all trying to figure it out together. But, you know, it's it's affecting all of us in all walks of life. So you and sports are gonna be a big part of that. And I, you know, I doubt their eyes are gonna be open to this. But you know, maybe a little bit. Can you see how sporty you sticking to sports is impossible?
0: Yep. Um, So I feel like, you know, before we before we leave this topic I feel like as you can already tell we have you know two people who work in public health in some capacity or another on this podcast who are very on our soapboxes about this and that's kind of why we made it the topic this week because it's really important and like science and public health are important and you know people should be aware of it and sometimes it touches our sports and we can't separate it um
1: I do want to say and this is like I don't even know if this counts as sports anymore but like so <laughs> this is a major problem and needs, you know, everybody, like all hands on deck to help take care of it. But if you are a perfectly healthy, like middle age or younger adult who is going out and like hoarding hundreds of rolls of toilet paper, like calm down. Yeah, put don't put the do that. toilet paper down. Pick up the phone. And call your grandma and make sure that she has hand sanitizer and, like, offer to go to, like, help her order groceries online. Like, like take yourself out of it if you're not in a high-risk group. I mean, still do things to, to avoid spreading it. But, like, t- the disaster mindset, like, take yourself out of it and, like, figure out who in your community needs that support. Because it's probably not you. Yep.
2: Yep, and absolutely. also, just to kind of, you know, as, you know, people, like, you know, kind of look down on libraries, but people have, like, colleges are closed, are closing, that they have to go online, like, we need to stay open to give people access to computers, people who have to work from home, like, they're all co- coming in the library now, and, like, if we run out of Purell, we're like we everything we've been well, we've been trying to order Purell. We've been trying to order, you know, wipes just to you know wipe down the computers and everything, and it's all sold out. And you know, a lot of people come through our doors every day. So again, the hoarding is just—it's not <laughs> helping. Like we we still live in a society, people,
1: and. Live in a society.
2: <laughs> yeah but
1: it's this society yeah. it's not Can a we good look, one just look
2: out for our fellow man and for people who might be a little less fortunate that's all that's all please and
1: yeah. if they decide to to close games to fans or cancel them all together god forbid just just use your sadness and disappointment for something useful like don't make this a they're so unfair and overreacting and everything like if it comes down to that it's for a reason y'all and i know it sucks and it sucks in so many ways but yeah. like but like as as awful and restrictive as the new rules feel when it comes to like keeping people safe from a disease please do it yep. listen well, listen and to your friendly neighborhood epidemiologist me. Yes, seriously. Yeah. That's what kills
2: me. They're like, oh, it doesn't affect me. I'm not immunocompromised. Like, so you're basically saying you don't care about the people who are. Like, that's yep. what you're telling me yeah. when you say also that. Also
1: get your vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: God. Seriously. Yes. In all
1: seriousness, if you haven't gotten a flu shot, you ab- it's absolutely worth getting it now because if you did get the flu, you might not be able to get a, an ICU bed if you develop pneumonia because... Yep. The U.S. has like a quarter of the number of ICU beds they're going to need. Uh, sorry. No worries. It's all fine here. God. It's really great. Actually, um, I did just
2: get the flu shot Sunday because I had the flu and they wouldn't, <laughs> my, my job would not let me back without a doctor's note saying, basically saying I don't have corona. Um, yeah, that's... And so I had to go to urgent care to get a doctor's note while yeah, I'm there. She's like, I want to get the you might want to get the flu shot while you're here. So yeah, I can,
1: to, I can attest to that. If they tell you to pick up your kid, cause they've got a runny nose, just, just do it if you can. Um, and I know like everybody's bosses are terrible. Capitalism is the worst. And it's just like making yeah. everything 10 times more difficult than it needs to be. But like, if you can, if you can work from home, if you have this way to do that, just do it. Like do as much as you can folks when we'll get through it. We will probably yeah.
0: yeah the thing about know. these the, several and, months
1: with many many dead people
0: like we were saying the thing about these public health interventions is they only work if you do them when things don't seem that bad yet if you if things are already seeming bad and you're like yeah. oh shit now i gotta like stock up on hand sanitizer and do all these things and like now i gotta like start washing my hands which if you weren't washing your hands before what's wrong with you Why? like it's Please already wash too late. your
1: hands
0: Yeah, at that point. It's already too late. Like we need to, I know, that the, I know that these measures that MLB might take and like the social distancing stuff and working from home. I know it's like a big like impact on people's lives. I get it. And I get that it seems disproportionate to the threat, but I promise you it's not because we're doing it's these not. things so that it doesn't get bad. We're doing it. Pre-emptively. And frankly,
1: the U.S. the the state of u.s government um, makes it impossible to it so anything that we're dealing with at this point is already a half measure
0: yep yep um so yeah just a quick like few more like psa type things obviously i already said wash your damn hands and that is obviously hand sanitizer is good but it's not a substitute for washing your hands wash your hands it Only use hand sanitizer when soap and water are not available. Soap and water is the most effective thing you can do against this for yourself. Wash so, your like,
1: if you're walking out of the subway, use the hand sanitizer. But then as soon as you get to your destination, whatever it may be, wash your hands. Wash your that hands. is appropriate usage of the two modes of cleaning. Wait, oh, I mean,
2: yep. what's the you, Allison, who tweeted that you can
1: wash your hands to meet the math. Yes,
0: yes, it was It me. was
1: Allison. <laughs> She's internet famous now. It was me.
0: <laughs> I made a tweet that, that, like, kind of small time viral. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it viral. Especially, I would avoid using the word viral right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but kind of like it went small time, like spread over the internet. Um, that you know, th- there's that graphic going around um of like the various steps of washing your hands and people have been saying you have to like scrub your hands for at least 20 seconds because that's the most effective way and so there's been graphics going around about like um so various like 20 second snippets of songs and like the lyrics underneath each step of washing your hands so I adapted it to be Meet the Mets <laughs> and it went pretty viral so yeah just sing like the first verse of Meet the Mets while you're washing your hands and that's how long you got to wash your hands so do that, um,
1: and it does work very well. This virus does. is extremely
0: vulnerable
1: to soap. Yes, um, it actually. Oh, is. I meant like the hand washing. Oh. <laughs> the song also works really well. I have been doing it as well. I just mean like <laughs> it's not one of those things where like really washing my hands is going to prevent the bi- the global pandemic. It's like, well, yeah, actually, <laughs>
0: it's a really <laughs> powerful thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. It's, it's, and it's not, people, people misunderstand because they think, oh, antibacterial soap won't do anything against a virus because it's antibacterial. It's not the antibacterial properties of the soap, folks. It's literally the soap. Properties of the soap because yeah, you
1: don't need actually antibacterial soap no. in, yeah, for most the, situations. The
0: virus is covered in, in lipids, and when you use soap, you break those down and you can destroy the coat of the virus. So, the little virus, soap it's kind of puny. Yeah, the virus is kind of like puny and vulnerable to soap. So, wash your hands um, if you have any if you are not feeling well in any sort of capacity, regardless of whether you think it might be. Uh, COVID-19 COVID-19 by the way is the illness not the virus the virus is the novel coronavirus aka SARS hyphen COV hyphen 2 is the virus COVID-19 when people refer to that that is the illness it's kind of like the relationship between HIV and AIDS HIV is the virus AIDS is the illness so um so COVID if you even if you don't suspect that it's COVID-19 still stay home Stay home if you feel sick, if you can. Um, COVID-19, what sets COVID-19 apart from things like uh, just a cold, for example, are especially fever, especially fever, shortness of breath, and a dry cough. Runny nose and sneezing. Don't sneeze shame people because sneezing is actually not a big part of Uh, COVID-19.
1: Runny nose, though, is for children. They're not seeing runny nose with adult infections, but they are seeing it with with ch- with pediatric infections so that's watch kids if they are running nose and fever then like you should definitely consider them potentially carriers of something the- or just sick and like keep them home and let them get that shit out of their system
0: as we mentioned the most vulnerable people for this are older folks so call your grandparents make sure they're okay um for some reason, this particular—and coronaviruses in general. So coronaviruses are a family of viruses. Uh, a coronavirus was also responsible for SARS. You may or may not be old enough to remember that, but that was a thing a while back. Um, for some reason, coronaviruses as a whole are not particularly like prone to infecting children, um, although children have been known to get sick from them, just not as bad as something like the regular flu. Um, yeah. So,
1: which can be tricky because— they don't seem sick enough to have to stay home, but th- then they're walking around and infecting people and infecting who others potentially precisely. are going to get very sick.
0: So it's 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 um it's older people there. where the mortality rate is the highest. It is immunocompromised folks. It is actually older men are the most vulnerable group um for whatever reason we were we were hypothesizing in the chat as to why this might be um men are way more the mortality rate for men for this virus is much higher than women um and we think it might be
1: 65 percent higher
0: yes uh, a huge gap um and it can't we don't entirely know why um obviously men like tending to not seek medical attention as soon as they should is a factor. The fact that men smoke more often is a factor, but that that alone doesn't explain away this huge gap and we don't really it could be epidemiological factors as in we're just not like, you know, sample bias and all of that. Um but we do think that there is a real difference here Um, and we're not exactly sure what it is, but scientists will eventually hopefully figure it out. So yeah, older men, especially. Stay tuned
1: for the peer review study hitting your bookshelves in 2022. Yeah,
0: seriously. Um, (laughs) And a vaccine, which will eventually come out, but takes a lot of time. Twenty
1: twenty one.
0: Takes a lot of time because they have to do, they have to develop the vaccine, then they have to test the vaccine to make sure it is safe. So these things take time. Um, But, you know, get the vaccine once it's out, guys. Actually get your get back. Get
1: all your vaccines. Go get them. Get them right now. They're all still good. They'll all still help.
0: Yeah, seriously. Um, so yeah, that concludes our science PSA. I felt like yeah, I was kind of like guys for the baseball topic this week. I think we need to get out of our soapboxes a little bit about coronavirus. Baseball. Use my use my small platform uh, and my my PhD street cred for whatever I can use it for to help people. So yeah, guys, like listen to public health experts, please, and don't get too mad when they might you know, cancel baseball games or have them played without fans. Just put up with it. It sucks. It's not great, but it's important. So
2: yep. It won't be forever. Nope.
0: Um we'll so get through it. But even though coronavirus is not a good time, we will conclude our show like we always do with walk-off wins, where each of us talks about what's making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Maggie, I see that you have a baseball-related walk-off win, so
1: tell I me about do. it. I do. I, I haven't looked, but I'm pretty sure this is my first baseball walk-off win in like three months. But um, <laughs> my baseball walk-off win is um, that Brandon Nimmo looks great. Yeah. He looks so healthy and so happy, and he's just his Brandon Nemo self. And you know, you really—he had such a strong end to his his season last year that there was every reason to expect he would be healthy. But with backs and necks, you just never know. And um, so, I'm just every time I tune in or catch a a highlight or just kind of read a recap I'm just I'm tickled pink that uh, Brandon Nimmo seems to be well and truly healed up and I think he's gonna have a great year so that's my walk-off win yay Brandon yeah, and
2: take that all Brandon Nimmo where it's a fourth outfielder people Ew.
1: yeah fourth outfielder on a good team yeah, yeah wow. Well, he's the second outfielder maybe the first outfielder I'm the only outfielder on a mediocre team, so there.
0: So there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Linda, what
0: is your walk-off win for this week? Uh,
2: my walk-off win was Saturday in the city. <laughs> yay! <laughs>
0: um, yay.
2: Um, we had a little. Did you wash little... your hands? I, I had Purell because uh, uh, <laughs> I was in Grand Central <laughs> and. <laughs> I was getting for a cold and, well, the flu, actually. And I was getting dirty looks on the train every time I coughed. I'm like, look, I'm Purelling, I swear. <laughs> but um, but we had a small little Mason Avenue gathering at the Rangers game. It was Allison and Michael's first Rangers game. Yes, yeah, it was the like and... first hockey
0: game, period.
2: <laughs> yes. And after the first period, they played pretty bad, then they lost. Yeah, it was not good. But, um... But, you know, it's uh, it my first time meeting Thomas and Vaz, And so it's it nice, like, like putting faces to these people that I, like, talk to every day almost. And, you know, it's always fun seeing you guys. And um, I'm sorry that you saw a bad game. It's all right. <laughs> but um, I, I still had fun. Um, and, yeah, like, clearly we weren't scared to go to the city. And I was actually kind of shocked at how many people were out and the city too yeah
0: a lot of people were out and
2: about seemed, yeah i was gonna say it didn't seem like you know people were you know staying away or anything the arena well, was New
1: packed York doesn't really do that uh, that's not yeah, that's not our style that's <laughs> not how it's gonna that's gonna go
2: the train was packed going down i was actually kind of surprised I didn't know what to expect really honestly um but I think
1: it'll probably I, look different next weekend, but, like, that's next weekend.
2: Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're I mean, it wasn't his fault. I'm going to put that out there right now. But, you know, they, they ended up pulling their Ricky goalie, and then they put Henrik in. So I'm kind of sad because I'm pretty sure this is going to be the last time I'm ever going to see Henrik Lundqvist in person.
0: Um mm.
2: So, I was kind of happy, like, even though it was because they were playing bad that they had to put him in. Um, you know, it, it's kind of, I feel kind of good that at least I got to to see him one last time. And we got to chant his name, and I'm glad he heard it because I don't think he's been happy for a while. And, you know, I want, I want him to know he's still beloved in New York and, you know, everything think he's done is meant a lot even though you know we have this new goalie now that we all love but you know that Henrik's not forgotten. so that made me happy and so that's kind of what I took away from it even if they didn't lose and they played pretty bad but you know I had good company and that actually made it that made it fun too I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. I it was my it was my first ever hockey game, so Michael and I went and uh we had never been to a hockey game before. So like the the novelty uh, in and of itself was fun even if the result was not exactly what we wanted, but um it was fun to have my first hockey game be like a rivalry game, so that was fun because they were playing the Devils um mm-hmm. and like I guess if you'd like if I had to like pick a hockey team from like knowing nothing, the devils are like my most natural choice cause I'm from New Jersey. But, um, pretty much everyone I know that likes hockey are all Rangers fans, including all my friends and family. So, <laughs> um, cause, cause even though I'm from New Jersey, both sides of my family are native New Yorkers. So, um, so yeah, so I was rooting for the Rangers regardless. Um, so that was, Uh, It was, it was fun getting to see the like rivalry atmosphere in the garden. You definitely felt that Um, we went to the bar beforehand and there was like a lot of uh, mingling of, of Rangers and Devils fans at the bar. It was kind of like a reminiscent of a Mets Yankees, like subway series type game, um, And I got to see like live hockey, which to be I mean, I've seen like, I've never seen a full hockey game on TV, but I've watched like plenty of snippets of it, especially when I happen to be at bars and there's like playoff hockey on TV or whatever. Um, But like, it's definitely a lot more fun in person than it is on TV, in my opinion, as someone who's not a hockey person. I really enjoyed watching it in person. I liked, I really liked all the, because one of the differences between like, the atmosphere of ho- a hockey game and the atmosphere of a baseball game is just like how like the players like skate around the ice before the game starts and there's yeah. this big, like the new york rangers <laughs> like like it's a lot of like fanfare that like doesn't exist it's like, so dramatic i it's love it was like this is so dramatic and, and like, like you said the the referees got hype music yeah. I was like, this is the real ump show. Like, the referees even get to skate around the ice on their own and get cheered by everyone. I was like, I was like, imagine if the umpires did the this in referees baseball. Referees got
1: cheered. Yeah, cheered.
0: They, they skate around the ice and they call their names and everything. Like, they, they get introductions like the players. And I was like, what is happening? Can you imagine if they did this in baseball for the umpires? Pretty sure that like beer cans would get thrown at them. Oh, it right. would be an actual riot. Like yeah. I take this for granted, so like seeing it
2: for like somebody who's never experienced it, I'm like,
0: oh yeah, you're right. They do get hype music. <laughs> I literally turned to I turned to like Linda and Thomas and Vas, and I was like, this is the real ump show, right? Here. <laughs> like, people think baseball is an ump show. This is the ump show,
2: right? Nothing here. beats like before a hockey game. It is so dramatic. It's incredibly and so, dramatic. Like, yeah, like, it's just, it's something, and, like, they, they've they gotten really good at, like, putting patterns on the ice, too. Yeah, that was cool, so, too. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, they have, like, entire scenes now playing on the ice. And so, I'm like, this is so awesome. Yeah, they, like,
0: have a light show and there's, like, the, the like, New York skyline and everything, yeah! like, on the ice. It's kind of like, it's almost like how they try to do this in baseball games with the big scoreboard. But, like, it's the whole, it's the whole ice rink. So, it's, yeah. like, pretty cool. Uh-huh. Um, so, I, like, really liked that. The effect I was- is cool it's definitely a change of pace um which like i'm always gonna be a person like i'm always i think i'm always like baseball's a sport i grew up with so it's what i'm used to and like i am always gonna enjoy the more just like laid back and chill like pace of baseball and the cadence of a baseball game but getting to experience something a little different um in the form of hockey was like really f- a really fun like novel change like i enjoyed it a lot so i had fun um I will definitely go back at some point. Maybe when the prices aren't quite as high.
1: (laughs) Give it a couple weeks,
0: Allison. They're going to come right down. True. (laughs) True story. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. That is also my walk-off win. Um, and I had we had a really nice weekend in the city as a whole. Like, we spent the whole weekend in the city, hung out with Michael's sister and his brother-in-law, and it was just a, a fun time. The day after the hockey game, we um, we spent a whole afternoon in, in the barcade, um, which probably, given the current state of public health, is not a good thing to touch all these, like, arcade games that other people have been touching. But, you know, they also had PRL out, like, by every machine. So that's good. Um, so, but that was, it was really fun. And I just had a good week weekend in the city overall. It was really nice. So that is my walk off win. Um, but yeah, so um, as far as upcoming shows, um, next week we will have uh, Renee from Purple Row on to talk, uh, you guys seem to enjoy our um, our uh, Cubs mingling with uh, Cup of Cubby Blue that we do on occasion um, with the folks over in Cubsland, so we're going to do another version of that and mingle with our folks over in Rockies Land uh, to talk Mets Rockies, to talk Nolan Arenado, all that good stuff. Um, so that'll be next week on the pod, and then shortly after that, the season will start, and we'll be back. Back on our regular once a week rotation so hooray more shows in your feed uh, more Mets things to talk about that'll be a good thing um, so we're really looking forward to that um, but in the meantime you can go to amazingavenue.com check out all of our um, fantastic content we're doing spring training game threads we are doing news we are doing season previews still um, so check all of that out you can follow the site um, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Amazing Avenue uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at A Pod of Their Own you can follow each of us on Twitter I am at PetitePhD where are you Linda? At Linda Sorovich. And you, Maggie? At Maggie162. You can follow all of us. You can also subscribe to the show, Amazing Avenue Audio, get all of our wonderful podcasts. Um, Please rate and review the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting.